from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. It's another day, uh, another new player on both sides of the ball. Uh, we're going to talk in depth with Matt Derrick about the process that this team is undergoing uh, with Brett Veach in the lead uh, in metamorphosizing this roster on the defensive side of the ball and how they're going about it, what it means, and where they're at right now. Uh, great conversation coming up with him, but I want to touch on a couple of things first. The Chiefs did make a signing there on Tuesday, uh, a backup tight end, another guy that uh, is hopeful to be able to contribute. Uh, Blake Bell is going to come onto the roster. They're going to give him a go in the offseason uh, and see what he's got. It's going to be um, depth. I don't think he's you know a world crusher, uh, but when you have Yeldon on this roster, who's somebody I'm really interested to see how he'll do um, because Travis Kelsey's still recovering from some off-season surgery. He's not going to go for the OTAs. Uh, so the backup tight ends are going to get a lot of play early. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see who emerges and if they make another signing because I think there are um, more depth out there and they want to have some veterans at the tight end position behind Travis Kelsey, no matter what they choose to do in the draft. So um, also, and I don't talk about uh, AAF much on this pod. Um, in fact, I'll probably do something more in-depth on RGR football, but since I have the mic uh, to myself for this intro today, um, just want to touch on on the topic that uh, AAF looks like it's suspending its operations. And I know it's been a huge uptick in football interest this offseason to this point. A lot of folks really got into it. Um, and it looks like there's some internal strife about um, the main investor. Uh, I'm not going to use his name because I, I don't have the facts in front of me. I'm just getting the gist that, Maybe there was some duplicitous action, uh, really wasn't investing in the football league, was investing in the technology behind the league, and now wants to use it in the NHL or somewhere else. So um, some interesting uh, you know, spy-level thriller stuff going on about the AAF, but long and short, it doesn't look like they're going to play any more games, uh, particularly this season. I think they're working on something to try and find some alternate funding, but... Um, Right now, it looks like that's going to be over, and it's it's too bad because I think the league, the NFL needs a developmental league. Um, in fact, I think the NFL should go ahead and invest in it because I think they've done a good job getting it off the board, and they need some more investment. They need some infrastructure um, to help them with the non-football activities, and I think the NFL is in a position to help them. But like I said, I'll get into that in depth on RGR. The interesting thing is um, it really has to progress because I think this is the foundation. This is the beginning. And they need to let it continue because right now what we've seen is a lot of players that have already had their shot in the league. And honestly, two players in particular tied to the Chiefs that have been on the Chiefs roster in the past. Um, players that have had their shot in the NFL are really leading the performance on the AAF field uh, in Bosby and uh, Keith Reeser. And I think that's... It's good for them. I mean, I, I know they're, they're fan favorites because they've been on the Chiefs roster before, and that's great. But I think that tells you about the status of the league, that when the, the guys that are performing best are guys that have already dropped out of the NFL, I, I think that's that tells you where the baseline is. That experience is paying off. I think what they need to do in letting the league continue in some form or fashion with new investment or whatever, uh, it has to get to the point where this league is for guys that haven't had their shot. So every now and then somebody's going to bounce back by dropping out of the NFL, going to a developmental league and coming back. But it's going to be rare. I don't see that being the normal course of action. 
What you want to get is a place where guys that were either hurt in college, uh, you know, small school guys that didn't get a- enough uh, exposure to be brought in for a training camp to try and make a roster, or guys that were close, you know, those guys that get cut down during training camp uh, that need development and need coaching. Guys that have not played in the NFL that are on the way up still. I think that's what the developmental league has to get to. And in order to do that, it has to have a second season. It has to have a prolonged exposure to developing players. That's what's going to benefit not just the NFL, but the rosters within the NFL that those players will eventually get signed to, including the Kansas City Chiefs. So I really think this is something that was on the right path, and if they can get the financials figured out, I think it's something that we should look for it to continue because I think in the long run, uh, it's a boon for what we see on the field on Sundays in the NFL. Now, we're going to take an early break here because Matt and I had a long conversation and I only want to cut it once. So uh, bear with me. We'll take an early break right now. We'll be right back with Matt Derrick. Now you can get Locked on Chiefs on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the normal places. We're here for you five days a week, all off season long with guests, analysis, film review, athleticism, my draft guide and all kinds of stuff from the Athletic and Chiefs Digest. Make sure you get subscribed today and you can do it over on the Himalaya podcasting app. So, given the way that my luck always goes, you know, I got to do about four minutes of instant reaction to the Agua trade, what had happened, but I wanted to catch up with Matt because you guys know that inside this organization kind of runs its own way, and Matt Derrick knows how that works. Matt, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing okay. I'm not sure anybody knows how this organization works sometimes, but... Well, it's, it's a relative scale, pal. You're at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do what we can sometimes, and if we can't, we'll just we'll just figure it out as we go. Oh, I guess. So, I, I mean, this is first. What's your take on the deal itself? Um, I mean, on the face of it, I, I think it's a pretty good deal. I mean, um, you know, I, I I think Murray was in a spot. Eric Murray was in a spot where I don't know if he had a really defined role in this team. Um, the, the Chiefs have a lot of bodies. I'm not sure that after Tyron Matthew, they've got what you would define as great depth. I don't know that we know right now who's going to be the starter. I think we've got some guesses at who the starter will be alongside him next year. Uh, but Murray was, you know, as the season kind of progressed last year, it was a little bit more of on the outside looking in. So um, a player that maybe didn't really factor into what the Chiefs were going to do this year. And and Cleveland was the same way with Ogba. I mean, it was, uh, you know, they made the move uh, to, to bring in the guy from the Giants. And now, you know, they've he was kind of the outside looking in there. So to a degree, it's it's a great trade for both these teams. Now, the way it's going to pay off is if one or both of these guys find themselves, because I'm not sold that either one of them has been a great player. And and and, and especially in the case of Ogba, I mean, he I don't think he's lived up to being, you know, what he was I mean, as far as the number 32 pick overall, um, you know, a really looked like a really good edge rusher coming out of college. He's had his moments. He's had some injury problems. Um, but I don't know that, you know, he's, he's necessarily been lights out, but I, to, for what the Chiefs are trying to do in 2019, it seemed to me like a pretty good fit. And if this guy booms out, I mean, if he, if this guy, you know, finds himself as this change of scenery is good and he's able to be a, a very productive player, it's going to be a great deal for the Chiefs. Yeah. And I, I like where you're coming from. It's one of those deals where it's a plus plus. I think. Uh, like you said, Eric Murray was was in a tough spot. I don't know that he was going to make this roster when you have 
Uh, Armani Watts back there, likely a draft pick in my opinion. Uh, maybe Sorensen sticking around for kind of a blitzing box safety type. Like numbers are getting thin back there for Eric Murray. And, and he hasn't made that transition to safety that well, other than one big play against uh, the Raiders, I think that one handed interception. But uh, so in all likelihood, you were going to lose him completely anyway and get nothing for him. Now you have a piece that I think, like you said, hasn't made an impact yet. Um, in fact, his best season in terms of impact, I think, was his rookie year. Yeah. But he fits their mold, right? And he works into rotation with Alex Oak for Ambreland Speaks. Well, and that's why, you know, the, this deal does work for both teams because these are both guys who have one year left on their rookie year, rookie deals. This isn't a major investment. It's not, if this doesn't work out, it's a, it's a deal that you just wash your hands of and say, oh, well, worth a try. Uh, there's no risk here. I mean, it, it really is. But as far as for what the Chiefs need, absolutely. I mean, you're right. I mean, you know, Murray was maybe projecting to be maybe your fifth safety. I mean, you know, Jordan Lucas was a guy that they tendered to. So throw him into the mix. Um, you know, it was, there was a real place of depth. And now you, and at defensive end with the Chiefs moving to the four three. And especially with the guys that they cleared out with Houston and Ford, uh, one, you're, you're replenishing back up there, but you're replenishing with guys who can play the system and fit. And I, you know, we talked about it quite a bit. And I, you know, I, I mentioned this before in this offseason with the, with this defensive moves and what they're doing. It's all about just getting the right piece to fit into the defense and not necessarily stars. It's not about necessarily going out and getting guys who are the biggest names and the flashiest contracts and, and doing all those things. It's about getting guys that can, can play the role that they're asking because they're not trying to build a superstar defense right now. They're trying to build a, a defensive role players that can be, you know, better than the whole. And that's what they think this guy can do. I mean, you know, that's what I, th- I, I put Alex Okafor in that kind of category too. He's a little bit more, I think, successful version of what Ogba could be. But that's what you're looking for is you're looking for a guy who can just go out there and, and play the role. And, and he has been disruptive. I mean, he's got that potential. Um, it's certainly there. But you're right. I mean, it's it. I, I mean, I he's got to prove something to me for this to be a really good deal. But at least in the short term, it fills a hole, fills a need. I think it helps the Chiefs in the sense that going into the draft, which is I, I don't think you, you quite have to. You don't have to dedicate the resources to the defensive line now that you might have before this deal. I, I think you're in a spot where you definitely had to go out and get a defensive end in the draft. And maybe they still do. But now you're not forced to, you know, from a, a position of weakness, you're not forced to, to to reach for a guy that maybe doesn't isn't the right value at the right place. Yeah, and that's a nice plus. Now I want to talk about fit, scheme, et cetera, and what what might still be missing here in the second segment. But I like where you're going with not a, a all star team, but a team, a team that can play its role and function as an eleven man unit. And I like that concept. And not to mention, I think the, really the backside of this, and I think you were the first one to report it, they actually gained some cap space in this trade. Yeah, it's a little bit of a peculiar deal. Part of it's because Murray was a, a later round pick, but, um, and he also hit some incentive bonuses. So that kind of boosted up his fourth year salary. Um, but the, the, the Browns heavily invested the, you know, as, as Ogba's a rookie contract into a signing bonus and most of Murray's went into base salary. So he actually has a higher base salary this season than Ogba does. And the Browns have to eat more of the bonus money that was still on the books for Ogba. And the Chiefs only have about $150,000 to eat off of Murray. 
So yeah, they're going to save about $650,000 with this deal. So, and, and, and when you're only going to have a cap hit now of about 1.5 million for Ogba this year, that's a really, that's, that, I mean, that's nothing. I mean, like I said, this is a, a low cost investment that if it hits, that's, that's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah. This is like throwing dice for free in Vegas. It's, it's a free roll. It absolutely is. Yeah. And I think I like what you said too about. Along the defensive line, yes, he's a defensive end, but he played roughly half, maybe a little bit more than his half of his snaps in a three-tech last year in Cleveland, a guy that does a lot of stunts in that Cleveland front. And I think originally I had as an outside option at, at number 29 here, assuming the Chiefs don't trade out of that pick, that um, not only was Edge uh, an actual rusher, uh, a useful thing that they were going to need to look at. But I thought value-wise, it might not be there, but you might find some interior linemen like a Christian Wilkins or something like that at 29 that would be available. But given that Agua can play inside snaps and you have Naughty and you have Xavier Williams, how do you feel about the the rotation at tackle? Well, there's, they've got a lot more options now. I mean, they really do. And and you're right. I mean, we know uh, I, but it's the NFL. We we know that the Chiefs used to rotate a lot along the defensive line. Well, that was Bob Sutton. But Spagnuolo's going to do the same thing. I mean, it's just the, the reality of the NFL today is that you just don't have that many guys who are every down defensive lineman. I mean, you're going to rotate those guys through and, and that's what they have. I mean, they've, I've built a, I think a group that can rotate pretty well. And I think you're right. I mean, because I, I think they've got a lot of guys who are flexible and can play multiple positions. I think that helps this defense because you can deploy them in a lot of different ways. I mean, you know, we've been, we've been talking about these guys, you know, with Okafor and, and Ogba coming in as being edge type players. Well, we've been thinking about Breland speaks in that sense too, but, you know, now with all these guys to a degree, you can move them around in a lot of different ways. And, you know, obviously the Chiefs with the moves they've made are making it clear the centerpiece of our pass rush in 2019 is going to be Chris Jones. And that's not a problem because Chris Jones is a really good pass rusher. So you build it around him with the idea that if we can get some really solid edge guys who may not be the flashiest in the world, but they're going to be better against the run than we've had in the past. And they're flexible. We can move them around. We can bring them inside when we need to. You know, I, I think that's a pretty good group. I mean, you factor them all in together now. I mean, I think you got five or six guys that you can really count on. And to me, this front seven looks a lot different than it did just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I agree. Let's let's take a break. And I want to talk about deploying them and what might still be missing. We have a powerful new feed to tell you about. Check out Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. It is all the inside information from our hosts for all the Locked On shows for all of the NFL teams in one Twitter feed. That's LockedOnNFL.net on Twitter. Check that out today. So I like where you're going, that kind of mush rush, move them around, find your matchup for each of these guys that can play inside and out. I don't think anybody's going to live up to Trey Flowers, but that's exactly what he did. You find the holes and you use the guys, but these three guys in particular, um, Speaks Okafor and, and now Agba, are all the same guy in terms of their rush is dependent on power. Uh, Bull is probably their best maneuver, and you're not going to get a lot of cornering out of them, right? Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, these are all three guys who I, they're not, their speed is not their first option. That's not how they're going to beat guys. I mean, it is going to be power. Um, it, it, but, but they're, but they're all three guys, like I said, that can, that can play a specific role and, and their role for the most part is going to be, I think, defending against a run and setting up Jones. And 
that's, I, I think, can be a pretty effective strategy. Now, the, you know, hey, the Chiefs, I don't, are they going to go out and lead the, the league in sack, sacks again this year? No, I don't think they're going to. But does that, but that doesn't mean the defense can't be better. And, you know, I think that they, I think they have improved their ability to play the run, which is going to be a, a big part of it, obviously. I mean, it's been a real weakness with this team, especially with, you know, they get into situations where, you know, they've gotten some close games or they're trying to come from behind and, they have they've been vulnerable in the past, and I think they're going to be less vulnerable now with this group. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it gives you know, we we're talking about just a minute ago. I mean, I think it just gives you so much freedom with with Chris Jones to do some things now because he even fits in that category, too. I mean, most I, it seemed like most of his effective pass rush came, you know, being able to work off the guards, especially off of the off the, off the left side of the offensive line. But, hey, he can go outside, too. And I think he might be the fastest guy of the group. So. You know, yeah, you're talking about maybe, you know, using some some stunts and so doing some things differently. You know, Chris Jones every once in a while coming off the edge. He might get it done, too. Yeah, I got no problem with that. The interesting thing for me is that not only is there flexibility, but it's it's kind of the, the sums are bigger than the, the I'm sorry, the hole is bigger than the sums of their part, because, yeah, you're likely going to draw double teams aimed at Jones, although Jones splits double teams pretty well. But if you got three guys breaking the pocket down and and bowling their guys back into the quarterback's lap, that's effective as well. So I I think that the underlying theme that we're seeing uh, Brett Veach enact on Steve Spagnuolo's behalf is that they clearly, in my mind, want to rush with four and maybe send a blitz, you know, 25, 30% of the time. But they want their front four guys to be able to hold up against the run and attack the passer all on their own. Yeah, they do. I mean, they, they really do that. They, and that's to me where you, you are kind of seeing this, you know, this defense as, as it's transitioning right now. And go back to what Brett Veach said last year, you know, when he wanted the, the defense to be tougher and more aggressive. And, and then the first thing he does is he, you know, goes out and drafts a guy like Breland speaks on, you know, that that's uh, now going to be a defensive line player and goes out and signs an Alex Okafor. I mean, they're putting their money and their resources into doing just that, trying to get more aggressive up front to be tougher, all of those things. I mean, you know, hey, Justin Houston and D Ford were great players, but they largely, especially going up to passer, were finesse players. And now this team has a different look. I mean, it's it's a team that's built more on power than speed, which maybe is a little bit counterintuitive, but I think they're going to get their speed in other places. I think they're going to get their speed rushes in a little bit other places because you've got guys at linebacker, you've got guys at safety that are going to be really effective if those guys up front are doing their jobs. And you're right. I mean, it's 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 about getting the right four guys that can just play a role. They're not asking outside of Jones. They're not asking any of these guys to be superstars. Yeah, and and I like that you bring up the speed because that's where I'm going to. It's the one element of of the defensive front that they don't have right now in terms of uh, an actual speed rusher. You can say that you can blitz some of the linebackers. Hitch is pretty good in terms of, of running downhill. Um, certainly, Dorian O'Daniel can blitz, but he's still a little bit light to try to go inside those B gaps. So from my mind, you have four guys that can rush power. I wonder if this doesn't allow them to not have to uh, try to address that in the draft in order to try and find at least one guy that they can bring in in relief, in sub packages that can rush with speed, that they can look for a speed rusher in this draft, a guy that doesn't have to be a starter right away that they can allow to grow. But I think you still need that aspect. 
Yeah, I, I, I think you do. I mean, that's the one thing from this defensive line front, especially that's missing is just, just a little bit of speed. Uh, you know, you're right. I mean, I, and I think that, you know, at least for 2019, where they may end up being able to generate their speed is, is from linebacker. And I tell you what, the one guy that I'm really intrigued to see how this 4-3 change in defense, how it, how it works and how it benefits and what role he might be able to play is Ben Neiman. Because I think more and more, I mean, he's the kind of guy that I I think in a four three he could be a really valuable piece. Um, not just in building what he can do, um, you know, against the run doing some things, but I I think he might be able to be an effective piece against the pass as well. Um, he's not necessarily going to be a you know like a huge sack guy. I'm not expecting him to go out there and get 15 sacks or anything, but you know if these guys up front are doing their job and he's coming in, you know, in specific situations, maybe you're dropping some guys back. I think he could be, uh, to me, that's an underrated element of this offseason going into training campus to see what kind of, what kind of role Ben Neiman fits in with that linebacker group and, and really kind of working in conjunction with this defensive line. Well, I'm glad that you bring that up because I was going to let that lie until post draft when we did the Wilson review because I've done some of his film. I, I think he's an interesting player, but I think Ben Neiman can compete at Sam like right now and play coverage, just like you said. And I think he's a sneaky athlete. If you have him lined up wide, maybe on a tight end as he's in that kind of H role, I think you can bring him off the edge as one of the blitzers. And Ben Neiman is a heady player with a long football history uh, through his family, not just himself. And I think he's a guy that can adapt to what this change is going to be, maybe more so than others. Yeah, I mean, I think he's I think he's sneaky fast. I don't know that his, his speed necessarily blows the doors off or anything, but he plays fast. And, you know, that's sometimes to say about guys who, you know, don't run well in the 40. They play fast. Hey, hey, I played fast when I was, you know, when I was a youth. My 40 numbers were never great, but I played fast. Uh, but he kind of does that. And, you know, and, 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 and bring Dorian O'Daniel into that conversation, too. I mean, that guy's got plenty of speed. So, I mean, they've got they've got the option to do some things there. They've got some pieces now, um, but it's. We keep coming back to the same thing. I mean, it really is. It's this defense in 2019 is being built to play a, a team defense. And that's not what they've had the last five years. I mean, it was the, 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 the defense under Bob Sutton was really built around having some superstars and making them make plays. And one, they haven't really had the superstars at, at peak health the last few years. So now they're doing something different. And that's really just having a, a, a team that has a specified roles and it's not going to be the, you know, the same guy every single, every single down that's going after the quarterback and trying to make some plays. They're going to mix some things up. And uh, right now it looks like from the, at least on paper, the, it's going to be a good matchup. Now, I mean, is how far, how, how good is this going to make this defense better than it was in 2018? Well, it can't be worse. I mean, it could, I guess you could be 32nd in some categories, but, but in everything that they're doing, I, I, some of the moves aren't sexy. I mean, I, this isn't, I, I necessarily think a move that's just going to blow people's doors off. Cause I would have, I would assume that the average chiefs fan probably doesn't know who Emmanuel Ogba is, but I mean, it's, it's, these are the kind of little small moves that the Patriots make every year and it pays off big. And I think there's a lot of reasons to like this as far as what it does for this team. I do too. And you know, as I've gone through and folks, the, the athletic matrix is almost done. I am burning the candle at both ends and I will have it ready here within the week. But as I look at it and I, not just my film grades, but the athleticism grades that have come through on, on this, uh, pass rusher, this edge group, 
and I keep coming back to it. It seems that this class is diametrically opposed, and I like that the Chiefs have kind of set up to take experienced guys at the ends where they can get value later in the draft at some of the guys that are the better athletes that you may be able to turn into, uh, you know, that X factor. Yeah, I think you're right. And to me, that the Chiefs going out and getting, you know, two experienced defensive ends this offseason, yeah, I mean, a little bit of it is certainly dictated by, you know, the, the transition on defense and, and changing their personnel in that regard. But I think you're right. I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's an indication about what Brett Veach does think about this draft class and where it might be best to deploy his resources. Cause I think if he thought that there was a, as an impact defensive end that he can get in the first two rounds, not sure you go out and you, and you, and you sign in Alex Oka forward and you make the trade for Ogba. I, I, I think, you know, you'd be looking at, at, at those guys in the draft. This to me tells me that, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Maybe you're looking for a guy that's just got a specific skill set. Maybe he is someone who's got the, the talent, but it didn't show on film. Maybe it's the other way around, but maybe you're looking for a guy that, that's or had the production, but doesn't test well. I mean, it's, it, to, but I, I, like I said it very early on, I mean, what this does, and, and they've done this with a few other things this offseason too, is that there's not a single position on this team that I feel like that the Chiefs have to draft this year because they've, they've got pieces to get them by. They've put themselves in a position where they don't have to push. They don't have to make, make a reach for a guy if it's, if it's not there, if it's not the value. And that's what Brett Veach wants to do. I mean, the biggest thing that he talks about when, talking about the draft is making sure you draft for value. And a big part of that is don't reach, you know, you get the guy that you want. And if you got to move, move up to get him, do it, but don't take a guy with fourth round talent in the second round because you're going to need, and they don't have that problem right now. I don't think, I think they've, I think Brett Veach has put himself into a good spot to be able to draft for, for value and not need. I, I agree. And I'm looking forward to seeing what their plan is. Cause I have a feeling that they have a couple of guys that they, they value like they did with speaks that they know they want to target. And now it seems they're setting that up. But last question for you today, as it stands, and it is still Monday, folks. I know this is Wednesday when you're listening to this, but right now today, the defensive front, obviously the secondary is still a work in progress. Defensive front, is it better or worse than it was last season? Ooh, are we just talking, are we talking pure front seven here? Yes. Both play against the run and the pass. Ooh. Gosh, I am, it's, it is tough to say. I mean, and after all we've talked about, we're talking about this defense being better. I, I, for me to say that it's not better seems counterintuitive, but the only reason I would say it's not better is because you're talking about losing, you know, Justin Houston and D Ford, who you know can get after the quarterback and are proven it can do that. But I, I, I do think they're better because I, I think they're, I think they've improved at other aspects of the game. I, I, I think they're going to be better against a run. I, I think they're going to be more consistent on the edge in a lot of ways. Even if they're not going to be as good as getting after the quarterback this year, I think their front seven is going to be improved in every other category. And if you can do that, that's going to more than offset not being as good a pass rushing team as you've been in the past. Yeah. I, I'm completely with you against the run. I think they're markedly better. Um, not just because D Ford's absence, but. I think the bigger thing is going to be, and this is what I came back to last season, and this is the one that I track all season long. I, I think pressures are going to be what we're going to have to measure this front by rather than actually sacks because they don't have that, that get off to really get there in the 
NFL of today and its quick passing attack. Uh, but I think if you can disrupt and you can get guys off of their spot, I think that's going to help. Well, you're right. I mean, they've, they've got some strong guys. They've got some power now that can you, you're hoping can disrupt the middle of the pocket. They've also got some length. I mean, these guys are long. I know that's I, I think Agba's stats as far as, you know, passes blocked at the line are, are pretty good. Um, that's some of the things these guys can do. I mean, and and we've talked about it before that, you know, there are other ways to affect the passer than than just sacks. And then this line might be able to do it. I mean, this this line, as it's constituted, should be more effective at that than they've been in the past. Well, let's cross our fingers, folks. We will continue to look at this in depth as the week goes on and next week because it is setting up this draft. But, uh, Matt, thanks for all of your time today. We'll be back next week with you if you have anything cooking that you want to uh, spotlight draft-wise. Absolutely. We'll do it next week. All right. Thank you, sir. Folks, thanks for listening today. We'll talk at you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.